It's a blessing to breathe. Amen. So blessed be he. Amen. So blessed be he until this blessed soul leaves me. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Amen. It is truly a privilege and honor to have slight knowledge of God most high. Amen. To recall his greatness. And not only him recalling, you know, hearing of and knowing of the greatness that he has shown in our lives, but I get to hear about how this great God moved in your life as well. And that's truly a blessing. I hope at this time you will repeat after me. Blessed are all, Lord, my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Blessed are all, Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquity. Who heals all thy diseases. Who redeems thy life from the pit. Who encompasses thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thine old age with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Amen. I mean, we could have had a little more life with that, you know, a little more energy, but God is great. Amen. Uh, I want to say a special prayer to our own Chief of Chiefs. Chief Naftali was not here today, but that, that is the man that inspired me reading the 103rd Psalm. So may God be with him. May God bless his life and may God bless his family. Bless him in ways that only we can see and bless him in ways that God will see. Amen. Um, we're going to read in the first... So got 1 Samuel, the 11th chapter in the 14th verse. This is the Matthias portion for the Shabbat. Um, you know, I'm just at least relaxing a little bit. You know, you have all these, you know, you, you, you recite and read the information that you have information in your mind. But, you know, when you stand in front of God's people, it's a totally different story. You know, you start thinking about everything. You start second guessing who Moses was. Like, is that the one that you start second guessing stories and things of that nature? But I guess at any given time where you get too relaxed in front of God's people, maybe it's time that you should just uh, quit. quit. This is not this is not a light position. And, you know, if you make one error, all your brothers are going to laugh at you, you know. Everybody's going to pull you aside and say, ah, you know, that was chapter seven, not chapter six. You know, you're like, ah, thanks, bro. You know, <laughs> so we're going to start at this time. What happens is that after the um, after the exodus, most we, we all know that we talked in the land of in the, in the land of the wilderness. We circled around that area for time and time. And upon Moses's death, we transitioned into the promised land. At that time, Joshua was the head. Right, and he wasn't really a, a man that played a lot. Like he wasn't a jocular guy. Like you know, he wasn't one of those guys that you could say, "I was just playing. It's cool." No, he would take your head off. He he saw how stressed Moses was, and Moses probably warned him and said, "Hey, listen, don't take that nonsense. This here's, here's how you handle situations." Because remember, he ministered unto him, so he witnessed a whole lot. Like a lot of stuff that isn't written in the book, he experienced firsthand. So he had an entirely different perspective when it came to the people, right? So upon Joshua's death, you know, he didn't raise up a, a, a successor. So, you know, Israel went wild for the night, right? So what I mean by that is that they were enticed by everything all the nations were doing. So they said, oh, we want to praise this stick. 
we felt like, well, we could do it better. We're going to praise this thing better, not realizing that, you know, it was a violation of God Most High. And I'm certain they didn't willingly say, yo, let's forget God and let's worship this stick. But, you know, they went ahead and it was subtle, it was secret. Like before they knew it, they were worshiping whatever said deity, right? So now at that time, God Most High, he raised up men and women during that time to uh, be deliverers for Israel. That's the whole book of Judges because most of the book of Judges, a familiar term that we all know is the children of Israel did evils in the sight of the Lord, right? So after that time, God Most High central to it all. He, he raised up one of, if not one of the greatest prophets, and I'm, I'm willing to debate that and argue that, that Samuel, aside from Moses, was probably like the premier prophet in our culture. Like, you know, we could, we could talk about that later. But um, and this, this is a man that served as a judge. He was a priest, and he also raised up two kings, right? He anointed two kings. And not only regular kings like Yehu or, or you know, Asa, none of those kings. He raised up Dawid, like David. So that's that's a trump card right there. You can't really argue with that, right? So at that point in time, the children of Israel asked for a king. And, they, and Samuel got offended. Like, what do you mean a king? Because I think he was a man of God. And his passion spoke for that. So he, he felt he, he was so much involved with God. He, when they, he felt that they rejected God, he got pissed off. And rightfully so. I mean, this is a God that had to tell his teacher that he was going to die. I mean, that's the guy that had to tell him. He said, he, he told Eli, hey, listen, you know, you're going to be punished, you're going to die, which is not really a light thing to do, right? So he had all that, that countenance upon him. So when the people said they wanted a king to be like the other nations, he's like, you don't see what this is. You're not supposed to be like the other nations. God is the head, and the priest and the Levites and the judges, that's how this orchestration is supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to be set up. It didn't happen that way. They said we wanted a king. So at this time, this is after he anointed short soul, was uh, the child of Benjamin. Uh, you know, he was a good guy. He just got caught up in bad situations, right? I'm not going to say, like, he was say, oh, Saul was a wicked king. You know, he should have, he should have. But it's, a, it's easy to talk about a situation that you're not in. You know, if I was in the game, I would have just dunked on him five times. But you're not, you're not even a ball player. So how do you know this? So it's a, it's a, you have to think about that. Like, put yourself in that position and humble yourself to say, well, I pray that if I was in that position, I could handle things accordingly. Don't be so quick to condemn people because they that's that's judgmental because if we got listen, we all got judged like that, we all be dead. Let's just be honest. Because I know it's, I did some things. You know, I'm not I'm not being proud about it. I'm not like a bragging thing, but I do know that God most high forgives and you depending on you change, but he does not like you still gotta pay for it though. Like that's just the reality of it. Like, you know, you still have to pay for your crime or whatever the case is. But my whole point is that don't be so judgmental because it's your turn, you're acts of mercy. You have to be merciful because when it's your turn, you can't be exacting death on people when it's your turn. Say, hey man, it's me though. We cool, right? Just think about it. We, we boys. But for somebody else, you want to kill them. Like that is inappropriate, right? So so he had some issues. He was still, he was trying to be a politician and please people, whatever the case was, but you know, that's what happened. So we pick up in the book of uh, 1 Samuel 11, chapter 14, verse, right? So the people came to Gilgal. Now, the, the place Gilgal, I was trying to find some connection to it. The only connection is I could see is that that was the first place that the Israelites stopped them when they crossed the Jordan in the days of Joshua. So maybe that has some type of significance. And maybe they were saying this is a, a meeting place or, they, you know, renewed. I don't know. I don't know. That's what it says. But that's what it says, right? So let's start from there.
something good. So it was a joyous time. So even though like there was some skepticism on the part of Samuel, it was still a time to celebrate. I know I'm talking a little fast. It's only because my I'm trying I'm probably trying to talk as fast as my heart is beating. So you have to forgive me. I'm gonna calm it down a little bit, do my best, right? So basically it was a big celebration there. It was you know, they, they went to party basically, right? So chapter twelve. Now, we know that Samuel's sons were, you know, that's an appropriate word, questionable, right? So Samuel knew that his time was almost out of here. Like, he, he was almost, it was time for him to go, right? So he went to the post of people and asked them, well, what, what wrong have I done to you? Like, what, what, was, what was something that was inappropriate? And if, you, and if I did something wrong to you, now was the time to question. Now was the time to have that conversation, right? Because it's part of the law. If you have a problem, you speak to this person in their face. So he made himself available for those that had a problem to confront him and have that conversation, right? Right. He put in a lot of years. He put in a lot of years. This is the same one that his mother was praying in the temple, and Eli thought he's in his mother, Hannah. And his mother, you know, Eli thought that she was drunk because she was praying to herself. And ever since she had the baby, she gave him about three years. After about three years, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, after he was weaned, she gave, he's been servicing in the temple since then, right? So he put in a lot of years and he has a lot of issues, a lot of, because he's human at the same time. He's a man of God, but he's a human. He has feelings. He has all types of feelings that we have. The same thing he has, right? Here I am. So in other words, if I wronged you, now is the time to do so. And if I took money from you, I would gladly pay you back at this moment. That's what he's saying, because he's that confident that he performed his job to the better than his best. Right? That's right. So he's like, oh, that's a blessing. You know, that's a good thing when no one can say that they took them, that you took anything from them, right? Go ahead. So what happened was that he made the people swear because he didn't want anything to happen. Later on, they changed his mind and said, nah, that one time he took my ox. And he didn't give it back. Like, he didn't want anything like that. So he made them swear to say, listen, you haven't done anything wrong, right? Proceed. So each time, each time that the people forgot 
about God Mosai, there was a punishment that happened. Because God Mosai is the focal point of our lives. He's the one that you should wake up and thank. He's the one that you should thank when he keeps your family safe, when he keeps our children safe, when he grants you a safe trip you know, to and from work, when he provides you employment, when he makes sure that you're fed, when he answers the prayers that you haven't even verbally, you know, verbally uttered. Like, he's that big of a deal, right? So he should be the focal point of life. So he's saying that each time that we did not put Gamos high at the forefront, a punishment came, right? Right. So each time that the people turned back to God Mosai and pleaded, he delivered them. Right. Each time. Right. Each time. Because he's the faithful God. He's the God that kept his promise, right? Yeah. He made that promise. And he, he said his mercy. Sorry, I'm nervous. And it's just like a whole lot going on in my mind. You know how everything you want to say at one time, but you can't. So it's like all these thoughts coming to your head, right? But God Mosai is, 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 is the king beyond that we don't have enough words to accurately describe how great he is. So if I stood here from here to next week saying positive attributes of God Most High, it's still not enough. It still falls short, right? So be each time God Most High sent a, del- a deliverer, right? Go ahead, proceed. So now these are all men that you could read in the book of the Judges. We know about Yiftah. He was the... Um, the one that fought, um, the one that ended up, what's it, what did he fight? Everybody, right? He fought, um, Tob, he was from Tob, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's from Tob. Yeah, and then it was Jerubah who was Gideon, and Badan, they said it, was, it could have been Shemshon, it could have been Barak, so, but let's just say he's Shemshon, right? right? <laughs> and they said all these men that he rose up to deliver us from, from those that oppressed us each time, right? Continue. So in other words, he's put, he's he's put, he's presenting the argument saying that all these instances in time is proven on record. He started from the Exodus, the Exodus of Egypt, and saying that each time that a, 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 a problem arose, God most is the one that delivered you. But now you want a king. So when you say it like that, you look at it and say it's kind of insulting. Yeah. It's kind of like, wow, like, yeah. wow, this is a little insane. But nonetheless, they still wanted a king, right? Because it's kind of like, it's kind of like you, somebody like, okay, let's put it in, 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 in smaller, like plain, plain vision, right? So like we, either you have a child, you do all this stuff for your son. You do all this stuff, make sure he goes to the best school, make sure he got clothes on. Make sure, you know, he, he's fed every day, you know, going above and beyond. And then out the blue, they're like, oh, I don't so-and-so was my father. It's like, wait, what? You liable to get beat up, honestly, right? That's what we did to God. God consistently delivered us time and time again. We're like, ah, we wanted a king. And each time, it wasn't like, <laughs> it was time and time again, they went away, we strayed away and did what was inappropriate before God, right? Mm-hmm. If you will say Adonai's servant, 
the condition. So hold on, hold on one point. We have to realize that a lot of people have issues with God because they consider him, he's within the realm of your imagination, right? So what I mean by that is like, you may pray for a job. I want a job to pay 150000 a year. I want four weeks off vacation. And I want good health benefits for everybody in my family, all nine of us, right? <laughs> so you pray. You pray, and you only want to come in, like, maybe work a, few, a couple weeks every month. So you pray on that, and it doesn't happen. And you get mad at God. Right? So you say, whoa, man, I prayed for this, and I deserve this, and I, I did X, Y, Z. I prayed all the time about it, but if we look at the Torah, the blessings of God come from you putting in work. Right? You don't just get blessed because you're alive. Like, blessings don't just fall upon you. You have to do your part. Everything in the scripture like that you read the Torah, it's like a contract. It's a give and take. Nothing comes for free. So all these people that have these that are upset with God and say that they prayed and didn't get something that they asked for, you got, you got, you know, what work did you put in? You can't say you want to be have a six pack and muscles out the neck if you eating Swiss rolls all day. You can't say that you want to be intelligent and pray on it and not apply yourself to learn things to better yourself. How does that, what planet does that work? If that's the case, then we'll all be just brocky for no reason because we just sat around praying because we could pray. Like nobody could pray like us. And that's just a fact. Like nobody could pray like us. But you have to put in the work. You have to put in appropriate study and just be consistent. That's what Shabbat teaches you, really. Shabbat is really nothing but discipline, being consistent. So that when people ask you, what you doing today? Well, I'm at the temple. They watching, they waiting to see. Oh, what you doing today? This happened. I know this. All right, I'm gonna put it in. I'm gonna put it in real terms, you know. So what happens is that there's a party that I like to go to. Um, Easy Mo B Productions does it. It's called Brits and Biscuits, right? So what they do is just play dirty soft music all night. I love it. It's just you don't have to dress up, no shoes. It's phenomenal. So I've been there every year. They have it. I go. It's a good time. We we do it up, right? So one of my I was 11:30 at night. I got a phone call. Ring ring. Kyle, yo, you coming this year? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. So I looked at the date, it's during the daytime, so it's like a block party kind of thing. And I'm like, man, it's on Shabbat, I can't go. My friend called me back like, yo, the next day like, yo, you really going to go? Like, I'm like, listen, no, I'm not going to go. So they respect you seeing that you're being consistent. Everybody respects you when you're being consistent. That's, and being consistent is the hardest part. Like, it's easy to start something and say, I'm going to do this right now for three weeks, and then be like, ah, oh, see, I knew you was going to quit, sucker. You know, that's how they treat, that's how they talk to you, right? But if you're, cons- part of my language, but if you're consistent, it's like a lot less people could say, right? So doing the Shabbat, it builds you, not only does, not only the spiritual benefits that it provides, but it also builds your character. It shows how you are consistent, that you're a man of your word, that you're a woman of your word, that you're a person of God, Right? So in other words, you can't just get all these blessings from God without putting your work and without putting your hand to do. You can't just show up to not show up to work and expect to get that check. That's just the reality of life. Amen? Amen. But you are not talking to the voice about it.
Hold on, I'm sorry. Let me just interject. People talk about how in the like the, the God of the Old Testament, like you read other books and documents, and they say inappropriate things and how it was unjust and it was crazy. This doesn't sound really like unfair. God knows how everything that He lays out is fair, and it's something that you can do. He's not going to say a part of the law to make a pilgrimage to to to, to climb on top of Mount Everest, because everybody can't do it. What he does is make stuff that you can do, that you can apply to your life, and it'll benefit you. God is so fair, like he's fair, he's beyond fair. And matter of fact, like, it's, if you look at it in context, it's really lopsided. Because there's nothing really you could do for him. The Torah that he has you do is to benefit you, right? The stuff that you put in your body, and you get, like, you have an issue with somebody, you tight and tense, and you can't, uh uh-uh. If you speak to that person and have that conversation, I'm pretty sure a lot of that stress will go. And that's in the law, and it benefits you. How are you going to benefit God, right? It said that it said in the book that if you were hungry, would God tell you, "Hey, Kava, look, I'm hungry. I need this." It's, it's not. It doesn't happen that way. So it's very lopsided, and it's in our favor. So it's like this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Understood, man. And then, and then, and this is, and we and we see we see throughout our history how how God being against you is, and He still loves us. So if He was totally against us, we wouldn't be here to this day. Like out of all the libraries that got burnt, everything that got destroyed, God made sure that His law was intact for us at a later time. So even in our punishment, even in our punishment, He still bore us in mind. It says in Psalm. What did we just sing it this morning? He said he bears us in mind during misfortune. Like we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We had to get punished, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Because we're not, we haven't been eliminated like the Moabites, the Ammonites, all these people that we read about and say, we are these people. But with us, we could say, oh, Levy's in the house, Yehuda is here, like Uben Don, everybody's in the house. That's a blessing from God. Understood? And that's a lot that we have to stand, like, and not to interject, I'm almost out of here, let me check my time. But we have to stand still. We have to do our part and stand still and watch God's deliverance. Like, we don't have the power. We don't have the means. Without him, we're nothing. But with him, we can acquire those means. We can acquire that power. See, God most high is our foundation. You can build on that. Like, there's so many, there's no limit. If If you're doing your part, there's no limit to your life. Because God said he will bless you. He said in the book of Deuteronomy 28 chapter, Leviticus, was 26? Yeah, 26 chapter, he said in there as well, like all these things are left on record for us. And he's not a liar. He doesn't change his mind. If he puts out his word, that's what it is. And, and it's what it is. When he blessed us, he blessed us. He said, he said, when he said, by you, every nation of the earth will be blessed, is, was that a lie? No. No, because every, everywhere we were in captivity, <laughs> they were blessed. Like this became America and the Caribbean became an economic power because we were there. God put that blessing on us, right? And it's still here. We just have to get in. You know, a lot of the problem is, is that we have a, a psychological condition, right? Here, anybody that's black in America has a mental issue. I don't care what anybody says. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? To see your own get shot dead in the street and it's like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, oh, again, to the point that some of us say, oh, I'm not surprised. You're going to have a mental condition. Like, I don't care what anybody says, right? But outside of that, God, God will bring us up. Like, God is stronger than that mental problem. 
God is stronger than our demons, right? So we can definitely progress from that. Definitely, but with only with him. It's not us, it's with him. Amen? Let's finish this out. Mm-hmm. To do your part. Go ahead. So at all, at most of the, if you look, okay, let me calm down because a lot of words are coming to my mouth at the same time, right? Anything that's contrary to God will lead you to death. Yes. Anything. And you can debate me later. We can have a conversation downstairs. Anything. Even the foods that we eat, even handling certain situations, right? It leads you to your death. Continue. Mm-hmm. For his great name's sake. Amen. And now, listen. Let's just let's just look at this last this this quick line right here. It didn't say because he was you know Israel is so beautiful, or we're the strongest, or we're the best singers and the most talented. It's for his great name's sake. It shows that the, the, the star of the show, the producer, the executive producer, uh, and any other term that I missed is God Most High. Because in a couple of years, we'll be dead. And God will still be great. And there'll be no one to, to, to challenge him. You understand what I'm saying? That's a humbling perspective. Because it's hard to pitch your world without you in it. Because it's you. Everything is relative to self, right? So think about that. At the end of the matter, God will be praised. Amen. Mm-hmm. As amen, and that's the end of it. So, just to reiterate, it's it's not about us. It's really not about us. It's it's about worshiping this great God and King. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. A lot of people he hasn't touched to say, "Hey, you need to get them. You need you need to worship." He hasn't touched. He hasn't touched his people. So considering that he touched you, that's a blessing in itself. Now, does it make it shouldn't make you arrogant? Because it's like like we always use the analogy. It's like making the team. Once you make the team, you can still get cut. You, you can still be put on injured reserve, right? <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. I pray to the living God and everlasting King that He will grant us all a blessing, but not only the men and women of this house, but houses like this in the community with all those that worship him in total faith and sincerity. I pray that he will continue to be with me and refine me and make me a lot better because um, I'm still messing up. But I pray that he will be the one to pick me up and set me up right and let me fly before him. Amen. Amen. Um, and I pray that he not only he'll do it for me, but he'll do it for all of us. Right, because I don't want to come across like, oh, it's just me. It's not the me show, it's us, because we're in this together. 
You know what I'm trying to say? So with that being said, uh, magnify the sanctify be his great name. And the world freedom according to his will. Shabbat Shalom. It's a blessing to breathe. Amen. So blessed be he. Amen. So blessed be he until this blessed soul leaves me. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. It is truly a privilege and honor to have slight knowledge of God Most High, to recall his greatness, and not only him recalling, you know, hearing of and knowing of the greatness that he has shown in our lives, but I get to hear about how this great God moved in your life as well, and that's truly a blessing. I hope at this time you will repeat after me. Blessed it all, Lord, my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquity. Who heals all thy diseases. Who redeems thy life from the pit. Who encompasses thee with love and kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thine old age with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. I mean, I mean, we could have had a little more life with that, you know, a little more energy, but God is great. Amen. Uh, I want to say a special prayer to our own chief of chiefs, Chief Naftali, who's not here today, but that that is the man that inspired me reading the 103rd Psalm. So may God be with him, may God bless his life, and may God bless his family. Amen. Bless him in ways that only we can see, and bless him in ways that God will see. Amen. Um, we're going to read in the first, see God, first Samuel, the 11th chapter in the 14th verse. This is the Matthias portion for the Shabbat. Um, you know, I'm just at least relaxing a little bit, you know. You have all these, you know, you, you, you recite and read the information that you have information in your mind, but, you know, when you stand in front of God's people, it's a totally different story, you know? You start thinking about everything, you start second-guessing who Moses was. Like, is that the one that you start second-guessing stories and things of that nature? But I guess at any given time where you get too relaxed in front of God's people, maybe it's time that you should just uh, quit. quit. This, is not, this is not a light position, and you know if you make one error, all your brothers are going to laugh at you, you know. Everybody's going to pull you aside and say, ah, you know, that was chapter 7, not chapter 6. You know, you're like, ah, thanks, bro, you know. <laughs> so we're going to start at this time. What happens is that after the, um, after the exodus, most, we, we all know that we talked in the, land of, in, the, in the land of the wilderness. We circled around that area for time and time, and upon Moses' death, we transitioned into the promised land. At that time, Joshua was the head. Right, and he wasn't really a, a man that played a lot. Like he wasn't a jocular guy. Like you know, he wasn't one of those guys that you could say, "I was just playing. It's cool." No, he'll take your head off. He he saw how stressed Moses was, and Moses probably warned him and said, "Hey, listen, don't take that nonsense. This here's, here's how you handle situations." Because remember, he ministered unto him, so he witnessed a whole lot, like a lot of stuff that isn't written in the book. He experienced firsthand. So he had an entirely different perspective when it came to the people, right? So upon Joshua's death, you know, he didn't raise up a, 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 a successor. So, you know, 
Israel went wild for the night, right? So what I mean by that is that they were enticed by everything all the nations were doing. So they said, oh, we want to praise this stick. We felt like, well, we could do it better. We're going to praise this stick better, not realizing that, you know, it was a violation of God most high. And I'm certain they didn't willingly say, yo, let's forget God and let's worship this stick. But, you know, they went ahead and it was subtle. It was secret. Like, before they knew it, they were worshiping whatever said deity, right? So now at that time, God Most High, he raised up men and women during that time to uh, be deliverers for Israel. That's the whole book of Judges, because most of the book of Judges, a familiar term that we all know is the children of Israel did evils in the sight of the Lord, right? So after that time, God Most High censured it all. He, he raised up one of, if not one of the greatest prophets, and I'm, I'm willing to debate that and argue that, that Samuel, aside from Moses, was probably like the premier prophet in our culture. Like, you know, we could, we could talk about that later. But um, and this, this is a man that served as a judge. He was a priest, and he also raised up two kings, right? He anointed two kings. And not only regular kings like Yehu or, or you know, Asa, none of those kings. He raised up Dawid, like David. So that's that's a trump card right there. You can't really argue with that, right? So at that point in time, the children of Israel asked for a king. And, they, and Samuel got offended. Like, what do you mean a king? Because I think he was a man of God. And his passion spoke for that. So he, he felt he, he was so much involved with God. He, when they, he felt that they rejected God, he got pissed off. And rightfully so. I mean, this is a God that had to tell his teacher that he was going to die. I mean, that's the guy that had to tell him. He said, he, t- he told Eli, hey, listen, you know, you're going to be punished, you're going to die, which is not really a light thing to do, right? So he had all that, that countenance upon him. So when the people said they wanted a king to be like the other nations, he's like, you don't see what this is. You're not supposed to be like the other nations. God is the head, and the priest and the Levites and the judges, that's how this orchestration is supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to be set up. It didn't happen that way. They said we wanted a king. So at this time, this is after he anointed short soul, was uh, the child of Benjamin. Uh, you know, he was a good guy. He just got caught up in bad situations, right? I'm not going to say, like, he would say, oh, Saul was a wicked king, you know. He should have, he should have. But it's a, it's easy to talk about a situation that you're not in, you know. If I was in the game, I would have just dunked on him five times, but you're not you're not even a ball player. So how do you know this? So it's a, it's a, like, you have to think about that. Like, put yourself in that position and humble yourself to say, well, I pray that if I was in that position, I could handle things accordingly. Don't be so quick to condemn people because that's, that's judgmental because if we got, listen, we all got judged like that, we all be dead. Let's just be honest because I know I did some things. You know, I'm not, I'm not being proud about it. I'm not like a bragging thing, but I do know that God most high forgives and you, depending on you change, but he does not like, you still got to pay for it though. Like that's just the reality of it. Like, you know, you still have to pay for your crime or whatever the case is. But my whole point is that don't be so judgmental because it's your turn, you ask for mercy. You have to be merciful because when it's your turn, you can't be exacting death on people when it's your turn. Say, hey, man, it's me, though. We cool, right? Just think about it. We, we boys. But for somebody else, you want to kill them. Like, that is inappropriate, right? So, so he had some issues. He was still, he was trying to be a politician and please people, whatever the case was. But, you know, that's what happened. So we pick up in the book of uh, 1 Samuel 11, chapter 14 first, right? So the people came to Gilgal. Now, the, the place Gilgal, I was trying to find some connection to it. The only connection is I could see is that that was the first place that the Israelites stopped them when they crossed the Jordan in the days of Joshua. So maybe that has some type of significance. And maybe they were saying this is a, a meeting place or, they, you know, new. I don't know. I don't know. That's what it says. But that's what it says, right? So let's start from there.
good. And then they sacrificed sacrifices, peace offerings before Adonai. And then Shavuot went over and they went to Israel and rejoiced greatly. So it was a joyous time. So even though, like, there was some skepticism on the part of Samuel, it was still a time to celebrate. I know I'm talking a little fast. It's only because my, I'm trying. I'm probably trying to talk as fast as my heart is beating. So you have to forgive me. I'm going to calm it down a little bit, do my best, right? So basically, it was a big celebration there. It was, you know, they, they went to party, basically, right? So chapter 12. Now, we know that Samuel's sons were, you know, that's an appropriate word, questionable, right? So Samuel knew that his time was almost out of here. Like, he, he was almost, it was time for him to go, right? So he went to the post of people and asked them, well, what, what wrong have I done to you? Like, what, what, was, what was something that was inappropriate? If, and, if you, and if I did something wrong to you, now was the time to question. Now was the time to have that conversation, Right? Because it's part of the law. If you have a problem, you speak to this person in their face. So he made himself available for those that had a problem to confront him and have that conversation, right? Right. He put in a lot of years. He put in a lot of years. This is the same one that his mother was praying in the temple, and Eli thought he's in his mother Hana. And his mother, you know, Eli thought that she was drunk because she was praying to herself. And ever since she had the baby, she gave him about three years. After about three years, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, after he was weaned, she gave, he's been servicing in the temple since then, right? So he put in a lot of years and he has a lot of issues, a lot of, because he's human at the same time. He's a man of God, but he's a human. He has feelings. He has all types of feelings that we have. The same thing he has, right? Here I am. So in other words, if I wronged you, now is the time to do so. And if I took money from you, I would gladly pay it back at this moment. That's what he's saying, because he's that confident that he performed his job to the better than his best. Right? That's right. So he's like, oh, that's a blessing. You know, that's a good thing when no one can say that they took that you took anything from them, right? Go ahead. So what happened was that he made the people swear. Because he didn't want anything to happen later on. They changed his mind and said, nah, that one time he took my ox and he didn't give it back. Like he didn't want anything like that. So he made them swear to say, hey, listen, you haven't done anything wrong, right? Proceed. So each time, each time that the people forgot 
about God Mosai, there was a punishment that happened. Because God Mosai is the focal point of our lives. He's the one that you should wake up and thank. He's, he's the one that you should thank when he keeps your family safe, when he keeps our children safe, when he grants you a safe trip you know, to and from work, when he provides you employment, when he makes sure that you're fed, when he answers the prayers that you haven't even verbally, you know, verbally uttered. Like, he's that big of a deal. Right, so he should be the focal point of life. So he's saying that each time that we did not put Gamos out at the forefront, a punishment came. Right, right. So each time that the people turned back to God Mosiah and pleaded, he delivered them. Right. Each time. Right. Each time. Because he's the faithful God. He's the God that kept his promise, right? Yeah. He made that promise. And he, he said his mercy. Sorry, I'm nervous. And it's just like a whole lot going on in my mind. You know how everything you want to say at one time, but you can't. So it's like all these thoughts coming to your head, right? But God Mosiah is, 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 is the king beyond that. We don't have enough words to accurately describe how great he is. So if I stood here from here to next week saying positive attributes of God Mosiah, it's still not enough. You still fall short, right? So be each time God Mosiah sent a, deli a deliverer, right? Go ahead, proceed. So now these are all men that you could read in the book of the Judges. We know about Yiftah. He was the um, the one that fought, um, the one that ended up, what's it, what did he fight? Everybody, right? He fought um, Tob. He was from Tob, right? Yeah, he's from Tob. Yeah, and then it was Jerubah who was Gideon. And Badan, they said it, it could have been Shemshon. It could have been Barak. So, but let's just say he's Shemshon, right? <laughs> and they said all these men that he rose up to deliver us from, from those that oppressed us. Each time, right? Yes. Continue. And Shua, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and he dwelt safely. Mm -hmm. And when he saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against you, he said unto me, Nay, but a king shall reign over us. So, in other words, he's, put, he's, he's, put, he's presenting the argument saying that all these instances in time is proven on record. He started from the Exodus. The exodus of Egypt and saying that each time that a, 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 a problem arose, God most high is the one that delivered you. But now you want a king. So when you say it like that, you look at it and say it's kind of insulting. It's kind of like, wow, like, wow, this is a little insane. But nonetheless, they still wanted a king, right? Because it's kind of like, it's kind of like you, somebody like, okay, let's put it in, 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 in smaller, like plain, plain vision, right? So like we, either you have a child, you do all this stuff for your son. You do all this stuff, make sure he goes to the best school, make sure he got clothes on, make sure you know he, he's fed every day, you know, going above and beyond. And then out the blue, they're like, oh, I don't so-and-so is my father. It's like, wait, what? You liable to get beat up, honestly, right? That's what we did to God. God consistently delivered us time and time again. We're like, I wanted the king. And each time, it wasn't like, <laughs> It was time and time again they went away, we strayed away and did what was inappropriate before God, right?
condition. So hold on, hold on one point. We have to realize that a lot of people have issues with God because they consider him, he's within the realm of your imagination, right? So what I mean by that is like, you may pray for a job. I want a job to pay 150000 a year. I want four weeks off vacation. And I want good health benefits for everybody in my family, all nine of us, right? <laughs> so you pray. You pray, and you only want to come in like maybe work a few a couple weeks every month. So you pray on that, and it doesn't happen. And you get mad at God, right? So you say, whoa, man, I prayed for this, and I deserve this. And I, I did X, Y, Z. I prayed all the time about it. But if we look at the Torah, the blessings of God come from you putting in work. Right, you don't just get blessed because you're alive. Like blessings don't just fall upon you. You have to do your part. Everything in the scripture, like we, that, you read the Torah. It's like a contract. It's a give and take. Nothing comes for free. So all these people that have these that are upset with God and say that they prayed and didn't get something that they asked for, you got, you got, you know, what work did you put in? You can't say you want to be have a six pack and muscles out the neck if you eat in Swiss rolls all day. You can't say that you want to be intelligent and pray on it and not apply yourself to learn things to better yourself. How does that, what planet does that work? If that's the case, then we'll all be just brocky for no reason because we just sat around praying because we could pray. Like nobody could pray like us. And that's just a fact. Like nobody could pray like us. But you have to put in the work. You have to put in appropriate study and just be consistent. That's what Shabbat teaches you, really. Yeah. Shabbat is really nothing but discipline, yeah. being consistent. Yeah. So that when people ask you, what you doing today? Well, I'm at the temple. They watching. They waiting to see. Oh, what you doing today? This Sabbath. I know this. All right, I'm going I'm to put it in real terms, you know? So what happens is that there's a party that I like to go to. Um, Easy Mo B Productions does it. It's called Brits and Biscuits, right? So what they do is just play dirty soft music all night. I love it. It's just you don't have to dress up, no shoes. It's phenomenal. So I've been there every year they have it, I go. It's a good time, we, we do it up, right? So one of my, I was 11.30 at night, I got a phone call, ring, ring, Kava, yo, you coming this year? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. So I looked at the date, it's during the daytime, so it's like a block party kind of thing, and I'm like, man, it's on Shabbat, I can't go. My friend called me back like, yo, the next day like, yo, you gonna really gonna go? Like, I'm like, listen, no, I'm not gonna go. So they respect you seeing that you're being consistent. Everybody respects you when you're being consistent. That's, and being consistent is the hardest part. Like, it's easy to start something and say, I'm going to do this right now for three weeks, and then be like, ah, oh, see, I knew he was going to quit, sucker. You know, that's how, they treat, that's how they talk to you, right? But if you're consistent, part of my language, but if you're consistent, it's like a lot less people could say, right? So doing the Shabbat, it builds you, not only does not only the spiritual benefits that it provides, but it also builds your character. It shows how you are consistent, that you're a man of your word, that you're a woman of your word, that you're a person of God, right? So in other words, you can't just get all these blessings from God without putting your work and without putting your hand to do. You can't just show up to, not show up to work and expect to get that check. That's just the reality of life. Amen? Amen. But you are not talking to the voice of Adonai. 
Hold on, I'm sorry. Let me just interject. People talk about how, you know, like the, the God of the Old Testament, like you read other books and documents and they say inappropriate things and how it was unjust and it was crazy. This doesn't sound really like unfair. God knows how everything that he lays out is fair and it's something that you can do. He's not going to say a part of the law to make a pilgrimage to, 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 to climb on top of Mount Everest because everybody can't do it. So what he does is make stuff that you can do, that you can apply to your life, and it'll benefit you. God is so fair, like he's fair, he's beyond fair. And matter of fact, like, it's, if you look at it in context, it's really lopsided. Because there's nothing really you could do for him. The Torah that he has you do is to benefit you, right? The stuff that you put in your body, and you get, like, you have an issue with somebody, you tight and tense, and you can't, uh-uh. If you speak to that person and have that conversation, I'm pretty sure a lot of that stress will go. And that's in the law, and it benefits you. How are you going to benefit God, right? It said that it said in the book that if you were hungry, would God tell you, "Hey, Kava, look, I'm hungry. I need this." It's, it's not. It doesn't happen that way. So it's very lopsided, and it's in our favor. So it's like this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Understood, man. And 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 this is and we and we see we see throughout our history how how God being against you is, and He still loves us. So if He was totally against us, we wouldn't be here to this day. Like out of all the libraries that got burnt, everything that got destroyed, God made sure that His law was intact for us at a later time. So even in our punishment, even in our punishment, He still bore us in mind. It says in the Psalm. Well, we just sang it this morning. He said he bears us in mind during misfortune. Like we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We had to get punished, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been because we're not. We haven't been eliminated like the Moabites, the Ammonites, all these people that we read about and say we are these people. But with us, we could say, oh, Levy's in the house. Yehuda is here. Like Ubang died. Everybody's in the house. That's a blessing from God. Understood? And that's a lot that we have to stand like, and not to interject, I'm almost out of here, let me check my time. But we have to stand still. We have to do our part and stand still and watch God's deliverance. Like, we don't have the power. We don't have the means. Without him, we're nothing. But with him, we can acquire those means. We can acquire that power. See, God most high is our foundation. You can build on that. Like, there's so many, there's no limit. If, you, if you're doing your part, there's no limit to your life. Because God said he will bless you. He said in the book of Deuteronomy 28 chapter, Leviticus, what's 26? Yeah, 26 chapter, he said in there as well, like all these things are left on record for us. And he's not a liar. He doesn't change his mind. If he puts out his word, that's what it is. And it's what it is. When he blessed us, he blessed us. He said, he said when he said, by you, every nation of the earth will be blessed, was that a lie? No. No, because every, everywhere we were in captivity, <laughs> they were blessed. Like, this became America and the Caribbean became an economic power because we were there. God put that blessing on us, right? And it's still here. We just have to get in. You know, a lot of the problem is, is that we have a, a psychological condition, right? Here, anybody that's black in America has a mental issue. I don't care what anybody says. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? To see your own get shot dead in the street and it's like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, oh, again, to the point that some of us say, oh, I'm not surprised. You're going to have a mental condition. Like, I don't care what anybody says, right? But outside of that, God, God will bring us up. Like, God is stronger than that mental problem. 
God is stronger than our demons, right? So we can definitely progress from that. Definitely, but with only with him. It's not us, it's with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's finish this out. Is To do your part. Go ahead. So at all, at most of the, if you look, okay, let me calm down because a lot of words are coming to my mouth at the same time, right? Anything that's contrary to God will lead you to death. Anything. And you could debate me later. We can have a conversation downstairs. Anything. Even the foods that we eat, even handling certain situations, right? It leads you to your death. Continue. Mm-hmm. For his great name's sake. Amen. And now, listen, let's just, let's just look at this, last, this, this quick line right here. It didn't say because he was, you know, Israel is so beautiful, or we're the strongest, or we're the best singers, and the most talented. It's for his great name's sake. It shows that the, the, the star of the show, the producer, the executive producer, uh, and any other term that I missed is God Most High. Because in a couple of years, we'll be dead. And God will still be great. And there'll be no one to, to, to challenge him. You understand what I'm saying? That's a humbling perspective. Because it's hard to picture a world without you in it. Because it's you. Everything is relative to self, right? So think about that. At the end of the matter, God will be praised. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's amen. And that's the end of it. So just to reiterate, it's, it's not about us. It's really not about us. It's, it's about worshiping this great God and King. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. A lot of people he hasn't touched to say, hey, you need to get you need, you need to worship. He hasn't touched it. He hasn't touched his people. So considering that he touched you, that's a blessing in itself. Now, does it make it shouldn't make you arrogant? Because it's like like we always use the analogy. It's like making the team. Once you make the team, you can still get cut. You, you can still be put on injured reserve. Right? <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. I pray to the living God and everlasting king that he will grant us all a blessing. But not only the men and women of this house, but houses like this in the community of all those that worship him in total faith and sincerity. I pray that he will continue to be with me and refine me and make me a lot better because um, I'm still messing up. But I pray that he will be the one to pick me up and set me up right and let me fly before him. Amen. Amen. Um, and I pray that he not only will he do it for me, but he'll do it for all of us. Right, because I don't want to come across like, oh, it's just me. It's not the me show, it's us, because we're in this together. You know what I'm trying to say? 
So with that being said, uh, magnify the sanctify be his great name. Amen. And the world for you according to his will. Shabbat Shalom. It's a blessing to breathe. Amen. So blessed be he. Amen. So blessed be he until this blessed soul leaves me. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. It is truly a privilege and honor to have slight knowledge of God Most High, Amen. to recall his greatness, and not only him recalling, you know, hearing of and knowing of the greatness that he has shown in our lives, but I get to hear about how this great God moved in your life as well, and that's truly a blessing. I hope at this time you will repeat after me. Blessed are all, Lord, my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquity. Who heals all thy diseases. Who redeems thy life from the pit. Who encompasses thee with love and kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thine old age with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Amen. I mean, we could have had a little more life with that, you know, a little more energy, but God is great. Amen. Uh, I want to say a special prayer to our own Chief of Chiefs. Chief Naftali was not here today, but that, that is the man that inspired me reading the 103rd Psalm. So may God be with him, may God bless his life, and may God bless his family. Amen. Bless him in ways that only we can see, and bless him in ways that God will see. Amen. Um, we're going to read in the first, see God, first Samuel, the 11th chapter in the 14th verse. This is the Matthias portion for the Shabbat. Um, you know, I'm just going to relax a little bit, you know. You have all these, you know, you, you, you recite and read the information that you have information in your mind, but, you know, when you stand in front of God's people, it's a totally different story, you know? You start thinking about everything, you start second-guessing who Moses was. Like, is that the one that you start second-guessing stories and things of that nature? But I guess at any given time where you get too relaxed in front of God's people, maybe it's time that you should just uh, quit. quit. This, is not, this is not a light position, and you know if you make one error, all your brothers are going to laugh at you, you know. Everybody's going to pull you aside and say, ah, you know, that was chapter 7, not chapter 6. You know, you're like, ah, thanks, bro, you know. <laughs> so we're going to start at this time. What happens is that after the, um, after the exodus, most, we, we all know that we talked in the, land of, in, the, in the land of the wilderness. We circled around that area for time and time, and upon Moses' death, we transitioned into the promised land. At that time, Joshua was the head. Right, and he wasn't really a, a man that played a lot. Like he wasn't a jocular guy. Like you know, he wasn't one of those guys that you could say, "I was just playing. It's cool." No, he'll take your head off. He he saw how stressed Moses was, and Moses probably warned him and said, "Hey, listen, don't take that nonsense. This here's, here's how you handle situations." Because remember, he ministered unto him, so he witnessed a whole lot, like a lot of stuff that isn't written in the book. He experienced firsthand. So he had an entirely different perspective when it came to the people, right? So upon Joshua's death, you know, he didn't raise up a, 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 a successor. So, you know, 
Israel went wild for the night, right? So what I mean by that is that they were enticed by everything all the nations were doing. So they said, oh, we want to praise this stick. We felt like, well, we could do it better. We're going to praise this stick better, not realizing that, you know, it was a violation of God most high. And I'm certain they didn't willingly say, oh, let's forget God and let's worship this stick. But, you know, they went ahead and it was subtle. It was secret. Like before they knew it, they were worshiping whatever said deity, right? So now at that time, God most high, he raised up men and women during that time to uh, be deliverers for Israel. That's the whole book of Judges because most of the book of Judges, a familiar term that we all know is the children of Israel did evils in the sight of the Lord, right? So after that time, God most high central to it all. He, he raised up one of, if not one of the greatest prophets, and I'm, I'm willing to debate that and argue that, that Samuel, aside from Moses, was probably like the premier prophet in our culture. Like, you know, we could, we could talk about that later. But um, and this, this is a man that served as a judge. He was a priest, and he also raised up two kings, right? He anointed two kings. And not only regular kings like Yehu or, or you know, Asa, none of those kings. He raised up Dawid, like David. So that's that's a trump card right there. You can't really argue with that, right? So at that point in time, the children of Israel asked for a king. And, they, and Samuel got offended. Like, what do you mean a king? Because I think he was a man of God. And his passion spoke for that. So he, he felt he, he was so much involved with God. He, that when they, he felt that they rejected God, he got pissed off. And rightfully so. I mean, this is a God that had to tell his teacher that he was going to die. I mean, that's the guy that had to tell him. He said, he, t- he told Eli, hey, listen, you know, you're going to be punished, you're going to die, which is not really a light thing to do, right? So he had all that, that countenance upon him. So when the people said they wanted the king to be like the other nations, he's like, you don't see what this is. You're not supposed to be like the other nations. God is the head, and the priest and the Levites and the judges, that's how this orchestration is supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to be set up. It didn't happen that way. They said we wanted the king. So at this time, this is after he anointed short soul, was uh, the child of Benjamin. Uh, you know, he was a good guy. He just got caught up in bad situations, right? I'm not going to say, like, he was say, oh, Saul was a wicked king, you know, he should have, he should have. But it's, a, it's easy to talk about a situation that you're not in. You know, if I was in the game, I would have just dunked on him five times, but you're not, you're not even a ball player. So how do you know this? So it's a, it's a, you have to think about that. Like, put yourself in that position and humble yourself to say, well, I pray that if I was in that position, I could handle things accordingly. Don't be so quick to condemn people because that's, that's judgmental because if we got, listen, we all got judged like that, we all be dead. Let's just be honest because I know it's, I did some things. You know, I'm not, I'm not being proud about it. I'm not like a bragging thing, but I do know that God most high forgives and you, depending on you change, but he does not like, you still got to pay for it though. Like that's just the reality of it. Like, you know, you still have to pay for your crime or whatever the case is. But my whole point is that don't be so judgmental because it's your turn, you're asking mercy. You have to be merciful because when it's your turn, you can't be exacting death on people when it's your turn. Say, hey, man, it's me, though. We cool, right? Just think about it. We, we boys. But for somebody else, you want to kill them. Like, that is inappropriate, right? So, so he had some issues. He was still, he was trying to be a politician and please people, whatever the case was. But, you know, that's what happened. So we pick up in the book of uh, 1 Samuel 11, chapter 14, verse, right? So the people came to Gilgal. Now, the, the place Gilgal, I was trying to find some connections to it. The only connection is I could see is that that was the first place that the Israelites stopped them when they crossed the Jordan in the days of Joshua. So maybe that has some type of significance. And maybe they were saying this is a, a meeting place or, they, you know, new. I don't know. I don't know. That's what it says. But that's what it says, right? So let's start from there.
So it was a joyous time. So even though like there was some skepticism on the part of Samuel, it was still a time to celebrate. I know I'm talking a little fast. It's only because my I'm trying I'm probably trying to talk as fast as my heart is beating. So you have to forgive me. I'm gonna calm it down a little bit, do my best, right? So basically it was a big celebration there. It was you know, they, they went to party basically, right? So chapter twelve. Now, we know that Samuel's sons were, you know, that's an appropriate word, questionable, right? So Samuel knew that his time was almost out of here. Like, he, he was almost, it was time for him to go, right? So he went to the post of people and asked them, well, what, what wrong have I done to you? Like, what, what, was, what was something that was inappropriate? And if, you, and if I did something wrong to you, now was the time to question. Now was the time to have that conversation, Right? Because it's part of the law. If you have a problem, you speak to this person in their face. So he made himself available for those that had a problem to confront him and have that conversation, right? Right. He put in a lot of years. He put in a lot of years. This is the same one that his mother was praying in the temple, and Eli thought he's him as Mother Chana. And his mother, you know, Eli thought that she was drunk because she was praying to herself. And ever since she had the baby, she gave him about three years. After about three years, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, after he was weaned, she gave, he's been servicing in the temple since then, right? So he put in a lot of years and he has a lot of issues, a lot of, because he's human at the same time. He's a man of God, but he's a human. He has feelings. He has all types of feelings that we have. The same thing he has, right? Here I am. So in other words, if I wronged you, now is the time to do so. And if I took money from you, I would gladly pay it back at this moment. That's what he's saying, because he's that confident that he performed his job to the better than his best. Right? That's right. So he's like, oh, that's a blessing. You know, that's a good thing when no one can say that they took that you took anything from them, right? Go ahead. So what happened was that he made the people swear because he didn't want anything to happen. Later on, they changed his mind and said, nah, that one time he took my ox and he didn't give it back. Like he didn't want anything like that. So he made them swear to say, listen, you haven't done anything wrong, right? Proceed. Mm-hmm. 
So each time, each time that the people forgot about God Mosai, there was a punishment that happened. Because God Mosai is the focal point of our lives. He's the one that you should wake up and thank. He's the one that you should thank when he keeps your family safe, when he keeps our children safe, when he grants you a safe trip you know, to and from work, when he provides you employment, when he makes sure that you're fed, when he answers the prayers that you haven't even verbally, you know, verbally uttered. Like, he's that big of a deal, right? So he should be the focal point of life. So he's saying that each time that we did not put Gamos high at the forefront, a punishment came, right? Right. So each time that the people turned back to God Mosai and pleaded, he delivered them. Right. Each time. Right. Each time. Because he's the faithful God. He's the God that kept his promise, right? Yeah. He made that promise. And he, he said his mercy. Sorry, I'm nervous. And it's just like a whole lot going on in my mind. You know how everything you want to say at one time, but you can't. So it's like all these thoughts coming to your head, right? But God Mosai is, 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 is the king beyond that we don't have enough words to accurately describe how great he is. So if I stood here from here to next week saying positive attributes of God most high, it's still not enough. It still falls short, right? So be each time God most high sent a, del- a deliverer, right? Go ahead, proceed. So now these are all men that you could read in the book of the Judges. We know about Yiftah. He was the... um. The one that fought, um, the one that ended up, what's it, what did he fight? Everybody, right? He fought, um, Tob. He was from Tob, right? Yeah, he was from Tob. Yeah, and then it was Jerubah who was Gideon. And Badan, they said it, it could have been Shemshon. It could have been Barak. So, but let's just say he's Shemshon, right? right? <laughs> and they said all these men that he rose up to deliver us from, from those that oppressed us each time, right? Continue. So in other words, he's put, he's he's put he's presenting the argument saying that all these instances in time is proven on record. He started from the Exodus, the Exodus of Egypt, and saying that each time that a, 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 a problem arose, God most high is the one that delivered you. But now you want a king. So when you say it like that, you look at it and say it's kind of insulting. Yeah. It's kind of like, wow, like, wow, this is a little insane. But nonetheless, they still wanted a king, right? Because it's kind of like, it's kind of like you, somebody like, okay, let's put it in, 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 in smaller, like, plain, plain vision, right? So like, we, either you have a child, you do all this stuff for your son. You do all this stuff, make sure he goes to the best school, make sure he got clothes on. Make sure, you know, he, he's fed every day. You know, going above and beyond. And then out the blue, they're like, oh, I don't so-and-so is my father. It's like, wait, what? You liable to get beat up, honestly, right? That's what we did to God. God consistently delivered us time and time again. We're like, ah, we wanted a king. And each time, it wasn't like, <laughs> it was time and time again, they went away, we strayed away and did what was inappropriate before God, right? Now therefore, behold the king whom ye have chosen, whom ye have had, for behold, I will not have put a king over you. 
the condition. So hold on, hold on one point. We have to realize that a lot of people have issues with God because they consider him, he's within the realm of your imagination, right? So what I mean by that is like, you may pray for a job. I want a job to pay 150000 a year. I want four weeks off vacation. And I want good health benefits for everybody in my family, all nine of us, right? <laughs> so you pray. You pray, and you only want to come in, like, maybe work a few a couple weeks every month. So you pray on that, and it doesn't happen. And you get mad at God. Right? So you say, whoa, man, I prayed for this, and I deserve this, and I, I did X, Y, Z. I prayed all the time about it, but if we look at the Torah, the blessings of God come from you putting in work, right? You don't just get blessed because you're alive. Like, blessings don't just fall upon you. You have to do your part. Everything in the scripture, like, we, that you read the Torah, it's like a contract. It's a give and take. Nothing comes for free. So all these people that have these that are upset with God and say that they prayed and didn't get something that they asked for, you got, you got, you know, what work did you put in? You can't say you want to be have a six pack and muscles out the neck if you eating Swiss rolls all day. You can't say that you want to be intelligent and pray on it and not apply yourself to learn things to better yourself. How does that, what planet does that work? If that's the case, then we'll all be just brocky for no reason because we just sat around praying because we could pray. Like, nobody could pray like us, and that's just a fact. Like, nobody could pray like us. But you have to put in the work. You have to put in appropriate study and just be consistent. That's what Shabbat teaches you, really. Shabbat is really nothing but discipline, being consistent. So that when people ask you, what you doing today? Well, I'm at the temple. They watching, they waiting to see. Oh, what you doing today? This stuff. I know this. All right, I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put it in real terms, you know? So what happens is that there's a party that I like to go to. Um, Easy Mo B Productions does it. It's called Brits and Biscuits, right? So what they do is just play dirty soft music all night. I love it. It's just you don't have to dress up, no shoes. It's phenomenal. So I've been there every year they have it. I go. It's a good time. We, we do it up, right? So one of my, I was 11.30 at night. I got a phone call. Ring, ring. Ah, yo, you coming this year? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. So I looked at the date, it's during the daytime, so it's like a block party kind of thing. And I'm like, man, it's on Shabbat, I can't go. My friend called me back like, yo, the next day, like, yo, you really going to go? Like, I'm like, listen, no, I'm not going to go. So they respect you seeing that you're being consistent. Everybody respects you when you're being consistent. That's, and being consistent is the hardest part. Like, it's easy to start something and say, I'm going to do this right now for three weeks, and then be like, ah, oh, see, I knew you was going to quit, sucker. You know, that's how they treat, that's how they talk to you, right? But if you're, cons part of my language, but if you're consistent, it's like a lot less people could say, right? So doing the Shabbat, it builds you, not only does, not only the spiritual benefits that it provides, but it also builds your character. It shows how you are consistent, that you're a man of your word, that you're a woman of your word, that you're a person of God, Right? So in other words, you can't just get all these blessings from God without putting your work and without putting your hand to do. You can't just show up to not show up to work and expect to get that check. That's just the reality of life. Amen? Amen. But you are not talking to the voice of Adonai. 
Hold on, I'm sorry. Let me just interject. People talk about how, you know, like the, the God of the Old Testament, like you read other books and documents and they say inappropriate things and how it was unjust and it was crazy. This doesn't sound really like unfair. God knows how everything that he lays out is fair and it's something that you can do. He's not going to say a part of the law to make a pilgrimage to, 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 to climb on top of Mount Everest because everybody can't do it. So what he does is make stuff that you can do, that you can apply to your life, and it'll benefit you. God is so fair, like he's fair, he's beyond fair. And matter of fact, like, it's, if you look at it in context, it's really lopsided. Because there's nothing really you could do for him. The Torah that he has you do is to benefit you, right? The stuff that you put in your body, and you get, like, you have an issue with somebody, you tight and tense, and you can't, uh-uh. If you speak to that person and have that conversation, I'm pretty sure a lot of that stress will go. And that's in the law, and it benefits you. How are you going to benefit God, right? It said that it said in the book that if you were hungry, would God tell you, "Hey, Kyle, look, I'm hungry. I need to." It's, it's not. It doesn't happen that way. So it's very lopsided, and it's in our favor. So it's like this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Understood? Man. And 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 this is and we and we see we see throughout our history how how God being against you is, and He still loves us. So if He was totally against us, we wouldn't be here to this day. Like out of all the libraries that got burnt, everything that got destroyed, God made sure that His law was intact for us at a later time. So even in our punishment, even in our punishment, He still bore us in mind. It says in the Psalm. Well, we just sang it this morning. He said he bears us in mind during misfortune. Like we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We had to get punished, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been because we're not, we haven't been eliminated like the Moabites, the Ammonites, all these people that we read about and say, we're all these people. But with us, we could say, oh, Levy's in the house. Yehuda's here. Like we bang down. Everybody's in the house. That's a blessing from God. Understood? And that's a lot that we have to stand, like, and not to interject, I'm almost out of here, let me check my time. But we have to stand still. We have to do our part and stand still and watch God's deliverance. Like, we don't have the power. We don't have the means. Without him, we're nothing. But with him, we can acquire those means. We can acquire that power. See, God most high is our foundation. You can build on that. Like, there's so many, there's no limit. If, you, if you're doing your part, there's no limit to your life. Because God said he will bless you. He said in the book of Deuteronomy 28 chapter, Leviticus was 26? Yeah, 26 chapter, he said in there as well, like all these things are left on record for us. And he's not a liar. He doesn't change his mind. If he puts out his word, that's what it is. And, and it's what it is. When he blessed us, he blessed us. He said, he said, when he said, by you, every nation of the earth will be blessed, was that a lie? No. No, because every, everywhere we were in captivity, <laughs> they were blessed. Like, this became America and the Caribbean became an economic power because we were there. God put that blessing on us, right? And it's still here. We just have to get in. You know, a lot of the problem is, is that we have a, a psychological condition right here. Anybody that's black in America has a mental issue. I don't care what anybody says. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? To see your own get shot dead in the street and it's like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, oh, again, to the point that some of us say, oh, I'm not surprised. You're going to have a mental condition. Like, I don't care what anybody says, right? But outside of that, God, God will bring us up. Like, God is stronger than that mental problem. 
God is stronger than our demons, right? So we can definitely progress from that. Definitely, but with only with him. It's not us, it's with him. Amen? Let's finish this out. To do your part. Go ahead. And turn ye not aside, for then shall the ego after vain things which are not proper. So, at all, at most of the, if you, okay, let me calm down because a lot of words are coming to my mouth at the same time, right? Anything that's contrary to God will lead you to death. Yes. Anything. And you could debate me later, we can have a conversation downstairs. Anything. Even the foods that we eat, even handling certain situations, right? It leads you to your death. Continue. Mm-hmm. For his great name's Amen. And now, listen, let's just, let's just look at this, last, this, this quick line right here. It didn't say because he was, you know, Israel is so beautiful, or we're the strongest, or we're the best singers, and the most talented. It's for his great name's sake. It shows that the, the, the star of the show, the producer, the executive producer, uh, and any other term that I missed is God Most High. Because in a couple years, we'll be dead. And God will still be great. And there'll be no one to, to, to challenge him. You understand what I'm saying? That's a humbling perspective. Because it's hard to picture a world without you in it. Because it's you. Everything is relative to self, right? So think about that. At the end of the matter, God will be praised. Amen. Mm-hmm. As amen, and that's the end of it. So, just to reiterate, it's it's not about us. It's really not about us. It's it's about worshiping this great God and King. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. A lot of people he hasn't touched to say, "Hey, you need to get them. You need you need to worship." He hasn't touched if he hasn't touched his people, so considering that he touched you, that's a blessing in itself. Now, does it make you it shouldn't make you arrogant? Because it's like like we always use the analogy, it's like making the team. Once you make the team, you can still get cut. You, you can still be put on injured reserve. Right? <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. I pray to the living God and everlasting king that he will bring us all a blessing, but not only the men and women of this house, but houses like this in the community with all those that worship him in total faith and sincerity. I pray that he will continue to be with me and refine me and make me a lot better because um, I'm still messing up. But I pray that he will be the one to pick me up and set me up right and let me fly before him. Amen. Amen. Um, and I pray that he not only he'll do it for me, but he'll do it for all of us. Right, because I don't want to come across like, oh, it's just me. It's not the me show, it's us, because we're in this together. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? 
So with that being said, uh, magnify the sanctify be his great name. And we're reading according to his will. Shabbat Shalom.